This is No Stop Lights with Ken Ard. I want to thank our sponsors, Mickey Fins, Marlboro PD Electric Co-op, Carolina Bank, Pepsi of Florence. I do believe that something fundamental, something fundamental about our nation changed when Barack Obama announced his candidacy for president. I think the media had, and maybe the nation in general had, this guilty complex. Um, you know, the um, we fought a civil war over slavery. We had an Emancipation Proclamation. We struggled, still struggle, with race relations in America. Uh, we're, we're a very diverse and complicated country. And, you know, my, maybe you could justify it to some degree, Reb, but when Barack Obama became... A, 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 I mean, it, there was an eventual coronation we thought that was going to take place with Hillary Clinton in 2008. And because it was kind of her turn. And Obama shows up as somewhat of a political rock star. And I mean, he woos and I mean, he just, he's Springsteen and McCartney put together. I mean, I'll be fair to your guy and my guy. I mean, he's a showman. He's a, a great orator. He's a transformative political figure. Um, he's Harvey, he's, um, Ivy league educated. He's lived abroad. He's done all these things. He's cosmopolitan. He's eclectic. Um, you know, he's, he's woke. He's politically correct. And and he's an African-American and the media decided to kind of just say, okay, in the name of doing the right thing, we're not going to vet this guy. We're not going to treat him as we've treated other presidential candidates that all the white guys that came before deserved it. But this African-American does not deserve the scrutiny, does not deserve the vetting. Um, you know, wh- where is he from? What is he about? What does he believe in? What does he stand for? Doesn't matter. I mean, it's time for America to make right that dark wrong that has haunted us all these days of our lives. And out of that came a new normal. And, and maybe it's the Obama acolyte effect. We're talking about Stephanopoulos. He's not an Obama acolyte. Stephanopoulos would be a Clinton. A kind of a Clinton night. He and James Carville were very involved in the Clinton um, campaigns and the Clinton presidencies. But but I do believe that the media has decided, for whatever reason, to not re-engage in you know giving us the story. Is it is it um, is it Obama jet lag? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what the problem is there. And then to some weird in some weird way, I can understand the infatuation with Obama. I mean, I really and truly can. If I'm a liberal-minded um, Harvey or Ivy, I say Harvey, Ivy League-educated, you know, um, progressive, I understand how I would give that guy a pass. I mean, he's everything I've been waiting on. Uh, he 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 puts checks in boxes where there weren't even boxes before. So so we're just not going to do it. We're we're not going to vet him. We're we're not going to criticize nor nor scrutinize what he stands for, what he believes in. It's time to make that right. But but I would have imagined at some point in time, the media would get back into the business of maybe leaning left, but being somewhat fair-minded in their job. Forget what you believe in. This company pays you a job. That the job is to, you know, to provide accurate information on what's happening in the world around us, whether it's culture, um, you know, sports, politics, whatever. Whatever you've chosen to make as your field of expertise, and the media never cleaned it up. I mean, I guess they said, wow, this is pretty cool. I mean, I, I, not only do I believe these things, now the the owners of the business that I work for let me say these things unchecked. And they don't force me to say, hey, man, there's another side of this story. 
I mean, there, there are people out there called Republicans. There are people out there called conservatives. I know we don't have many in our newsroom, but there are a lot of people out there who don't agree with this, you know, progressive agenda, this um, new day in America, this hope and change that, that we found so riveting and, 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 and kind of entrapping. And, and out of that came, I think, a, a genuine desire to stop a debate. The, the liberals believe this. So this is settled science. I mean, remember the great Messiah said, the science is settled. And, you know, his flock followed. It's kind of interesting to me when somebody says that Trump had some, Trump has a cult-like following. I think Trump's cult-like following pales in the Obama cult-like following. I mean, there's still, I think 80% of Democrats still approve of Barack Obama. Why? I mean, what did he do so wonderful or magnificent? He was different. Okay. He's talented. No question about it. In the, in the, in the, in the realm of politics, he's a generational talent. Uh, but he would be a, a combine freak, right? I mean, he looks the part, he acts the part, he dresses the part. He's got this swagger. He's got this demeanor. He's got this delivery. He's, um, I mean, as Joe Biden said, he's clean cut, well-spoken, you know, for a black guy. Uh, that's not a Republican guy. That was Joe Biden who said, who said that. Um, kind of out of the storybook. It's clean cut, well-spoken black guy. Wow. Don't see many of them. I mean, how insulting is that? I mean, imagine if a Republican said, said that. But, but once again, the, the editorial boards of the New York Times, Washington Post, uh, Wall Street Journal to some degree, not quite as bad, but to some degree, um, CBS, ABC, NBC. Now, now it's, diff, it's different now than it was in Obama's day because there is a digital media out there. Um, you know, every, everybody <laughs> can have a voice in, in the weirdest way imaginable with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and, and TikTok uh, what what is every ass crack in America could be a journalist if you've got you know a blue check mark or a or a Facebook page and you know some people take that seriously and some people don't but but I do believe that the revelation that we're dealing with today and maybe maybe this is what has led to this revolutionary moment in American history when people don't believe when people believe that their opinions are being suppressed and nobody hears them that that, that begins it's kind of a sense of desperation. And you yell a little louder, and you still feel like you're being censored or suppressed, and your side of the argument is not given the you know the the the, the do you think it it deserves. And I'm not afraid of a debate, but but the next thing you know, if you don't have a debate, and you just kind of um and and the media does not do its job, and it allows these things to stand unchallenged. The next thing you know, you've got a Supreme Court justice standing in front of a um an affirming committee. Uh, kind of vetting her qualifications to whether she should be on the U.S. Supreme Court, and you get a silly question like, um, can you define a woman? And you get a silly answer, I'm not a biologist. I'm not a doctor. I mean, imagine that. That's what happened. That, that To me, that's the rest and residue of not allowing a debate. When, when, when the media shuts down debate, when the media says, this is the only side we'll cover, this is the only, uh, the, the only accounting of this measure, or this policy, this this legislation, we're not going to talk about anything other than, you know, the um, the dangers of overturning Roe v. Wade and, you know, a woman's right to reproduction and all these other sorts of things. And um, and some of these issues don't deserve a serious debate. A lot do. Uh, and I think of the vaccine. I mean, I can remember people early on said, oh, man, I don't know about this vaccine. It sure happened mighty fast. I mean, could there be potential side effects? Have we done all the, the due diligence necessary to make sure uh, we're injecting experimental medicine in, in the arms of American citizens? 
and shut up. And the next thing you know, shut up wasn't good enough. Let's let's um let's order children be vaccinated. Yeah. Before they can go back to elementary school or middle school or high school, let's argue these kids. But the kids were not at threat. They're not at risk. But but in the name of whatever, maybe control, maybe censorship, maybe, maybe money. I mean, money's the answer now. What's the question? Is the prophecy I normally follow, but but maybe it was control. But I mean, we, we, we had a situation in America about experimental medicine, and we weren't allowed to debate it. If you had an alternative opinion, if you had a you know an, an objectionable objectionable opinion, like RFK Jr. I mean, imagine you know a, a Democrat candidate for president arguing kind of a conspiracy theory that. There were a lot of things we needed to know we didn't know and weren't allowed to find out. And that's because the media said to to those of us who had counter opinions to the meritocracy or uh, the the elites or the educated ruling class, the credentialed class, we've talked a lot about that with David Brooks's story today. And it's not just the vaccine, it's Ukraine. I mean, imagine a world in which the American citizens want to know where their taxpayer dollars are going. What are we doing in Ukraine? I mean, what exactly are, I mean, I know we don't have boots on the ground. I accept that. But we're sending millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, and somebody in Congress asked for a a bill that says, I'd like to see an accounting. How is that not a, a media story? I mean, how does the New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal uh, the nightly news. How are they not saying, hey, um, this Republican member of Congress asked for some sort of accounting of where taxpayer dollars, but Congress voted it down. And, and I just think we become far too comfortable with not allowing a debate. And that's dangerous to me. It's not dangerous if we're talking about whether to, you know, uh, b- b- build a, build the bridge over the Mississippi River here or build the bridge over there. I mean, that's a local issue, and if you live there, I understand it matters enormously. But in the sense of the macro, it is unbelievably important to allow vigorous debate on some of these major issues. Um, The election of 2020, 58% of Americans, the majority of Americans believe that something happened that they've not quite understood yet. I've tried to use some of the algorithms. Josh and I were talking about you know, causation and estimation and, and correlation. I mean, that, that's, that, that's, that's statistics and, and mathematics and, you know, it gets out there a little bit. Seinfeld watchers go, man, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I just know, you know, Joe Biden won in the middle of the night. They stopped counting. They know some of these stories. But, but why, why didn't we force a debate on that? Why, why did the mainstream media not, not allow Hunter Biden's laptop? I mean, we know, and this is probably what most troubles me most. Twitter has every right to suppress a story. I don't think it's in the country's best interest. And maybe Twitter and Facebook need to be looked at as a monopoly and, you know, done like Ma Bell and, and some of the other, uh, what, Standard Oil back in the, uh, in the Rockefeller days. You know, I'm not a big government defender, but maybe the government does need to, at times, you know, break up some of these monopolies. But, but my concern has always been, and I think the Hunter Biden laptop story is kind of an interesting story because it happens prior to the election. It's obvious who the media wanted to win. I mean, they're, they're basically the propaganda arm for, for Joe Biden. Biden's not campaigning. We know that. Um, the media's kind of carrying his water. They're finding every misstep that Trump makes, and he made some, no question about it. Um, but, but out of that comes, in, in, the, in, the, in the days leading up to the eventual election, there's this laptop. 
And is it authentic or not? Don't know. Let's find out. I mean, let's have a debate. Let's let journalists do their work. But they, there was no interest in journalists doing their work. That's alarming. That's concerning. That's not good for the country and democracy. But, but here's what's more concerning and alarming. The DOJ, or the FBI under the control of the DOJ, went to Twitter. I mean, it would be alarming enough if Twitter come to the FBI and said, hey, man, we've got this story about Hunter Biden's laptop. This thing could have an impact on the election. What do you think we should do? I mean, that would be alarming enough for a for-profit company to come to the government agency and say, hey, you know, th- th- this could help Trump hurt Biden. That's not the way it went down. I mean, we've got evidence now that clearly shows the FBI went to Twitter in the name of the federal government and said, hey, you, con- you, you, you guys have these content moderators, right? Yeah. What do they do exactly? Well, I mean, they amplify, they suppress, they censor, they decide what's legitimate content, what what's not, what what the public deserve to see, what's not. Now, once again, I think all that's bad, but I'm kind of a free speech absolutist. I mean, I, you know, I'm not so damn sure you shouldn't be able to yell fire at a crowded theater. I, I say that a bit sarcastically, but but that I would bump into that. I mean, it would be free speech anarchy as far as I'm concerned. But 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 the FBI went to Twitter and said, there's this story that could have an impact on the election. We'd like to see you do certain things with this story. You got 51 intelligence agents who put their name and reputation on the line. Why have those people not been challenged? I mean, we know now the Hunter Biden laptop's authentic. We know it contains damaging, maybe um, indictments of criminality, eventually, to the Biden family. But, but journalism had no interest in that. I mean, the FBI encouraged journalism to not look under that under that particular uh, sheet of cover. It's just it's alarming. It's concerning, and and it's kind of where we are today. And you know, th- there are a lot of things to be concerned about. There are a lot of things to be nervous about. I mean, I've got stories about the dead. I've got stories about education decline. I've got stories about proficiency scores, and uh, you know, the woke and political correctness that is so integrated itself into college campuses. But but I'm telling you, the most important issue facing America today is our inability to have a debate. It's not that we aren't interested. I mean, I think my side is very interested in having a debate. Uh, I think there's fair questions on both sides about the vaccine. I think there are very legitimate questions on both sides about Trump's indictments. There are very legitimate questions on both sides about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and what they did, what they didn't do. But the media... And, and the elites and cathedral have decided we're just not going to have that debate. We're not going to allow that debate to ever take place. And, and, I, and I'm concerned that the country's accepting that is somewhat normal. And the only way self-government works is when the people are informed and the people make choices based on their interpretation of that information. But if the public seem only being made aware of one side of the equation, it, it, it either leads to... <laughs> this revolutionary moment, or there genuinely is a reset, and we become um, more sheep and robots than we've ever been. I want to thank our sponsors. Carolina Bank serves communities throughout northeastern South Carolina, offering a wide range of services to meet every personal or business need, from straightforward accounts to complex finances. They're prepared to help you reach your financial goals. Carolina Bank, banking on tradition since 1936, member. FDIC, Pepsi of Florence represent the entire product line of PepsiCo, one of the world's leading 
food and beverage companies, Pepsi of Florence, also serve brands from other great companies such as Dr. Pepper, Canada Dry, Lipton Tea, Gatorade, and various regional brands. Mickey Finn's, largest South Carolina liquor wholesaler, serving every county in the state, largest bourbon selection statewide. They ship wines to 43 states, opening soon a new beverage warehouse across from Bucky's on I-95 in Florence. They support USC athletics, including Williams Bryce and Colonial Life Arena. Marlboro Pete Electric Co-op, if you're in big business and looking for an industrial park in the south to build your new plant, consider Marlboro Pete Electric Co-op's new PD Commerce Center, uh, an industrial park located at the I-95 exit in Florence, South Carolina. Check it out at mpdccoop or pdec.com. 